0: Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits.
1: I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. to secure
2: these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my
0: cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected.
2: It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is,
0: the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan.
2: Welcome aboard, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm every yours, Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Thank you so much for joining us. If this is your virgin voyage, allow me to share with you our mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedroom, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights we feel there exists this cavernous gap separating the two orthodoxies and that it's a gap comprised of many degreed-thinking people who can argue quite passionately in shades of gray. And to that end, each and every show, we have fine guests to help best illustrate this point. Today is no exception. Also, if you wish to hook up with us on the web, it's com. Don't forget that email address, alan at com. That's A-L-A-N. Coming at you live and strong each and every Monday through Friday at this time. Don't forget the classic Alan Nathan Show, Saturdays, 6 to 7 p.m. And overnight Sunday mornings, 3 to 4, all times Eastern. We are indeed a Main Street Radio Network production. Please check us out at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. Feel free to avail yourselves of our nascent but always robust Twitter and Facebook options that we have there for you. And, of course, with great dispatch and alacrity, we'd love to thank our distributor, the Salem Radio Network. That's right. The Alan Nathan Show's entering its 25th year of national syndication. All thanks to you. Reaching about 800 towns and cities across a couple of hundred radio station broadcasts each week. Again, all thanks to you. And by the way, I don't care if you're part of the authoritarian left or perpetually clueless right. Please get out of the thought control business. By the way, I also want to thank all the people who live stream us and uh, the, the, the massive number of uh, podcast networks carrying us as well. Uh, appreciate you one and all. Of course, we have our own podcast outlet over at AlanNathan.com, as well as, of course, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. So... We're available all over the world, you know, (laughs) easy to get us. Um, Our topics du jour, as you may have heard, who should the GOP nominate in 2024? Former President Trump, who has had verifiable successes but keeps stepping on himself, or Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who steps beyond his challenges and challengers while fulfilling most promises to his constituents. Also, the WOKE's DEI stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. But its diversity segregates by race while its equity allocates by race, and its inclusion elevates by race with each exposing a racism camouflaged as its own opposite with Biden calling for its injection in government. why also Fox reports that Dominion directive, these voting machines that caused so much havoc that uh, we had just great consternation and exercise with the left defending them, and the right of course. Uh, Uh, Admonishing them, but anyway, Fox reports that uh, Dominion director of product strategy and security Eric Coomer admits in a legal brief that before the 2020 election, his company's technology was marred by a quote critical bug leading to incorrect results unquote. So, what's next following this underreported bombshell? Uh, Without further ado, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing over the show Captain Robert Carey, USN, retired veteran who now serves as an advocate for the Ready for Ron Pack, the only credible independent group working to draft Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to run for president. Captain, good to have you back. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for coming, bringing me back. No, always good to have a fellow squid on the air. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, I have to admit, look, he's he's my guy. I like him a lot. Um I, I think uh, what I find also impressive is that you have a number of progressives who have acknowledged his talents. Um, you had some rap artists uh, recently. We talked about them uh, recently, who uh, have you know regaled him with praise. Um, I, we'll get to her in just a little bit. But um, you know you got some devoted Trump folks out there who are going to hang on for dear life. I I, I I've noticed in polls that if there's a lot of folks in the field, Trump prevails. But if it's just down to DeSantis and Trump, DeSantis has the measurable lead. How do you see it unfolding?
0: Well, look, we've discussed this before as well. Um, The the fact of the matter is is that the, uh, the party nomenclatura are not the ones that get to determine who the nominee will be. The voters do. We have a primary process. Let the voters decide. Uh, President Trump had a very um, had a very passionate uh, uh, primary process in 2016. He wasn't named the presumptive nominee until late May of 2016, and he still won. Uh, President Biden had a similarly uh, very you know uh, passionate uh, primary process. Uh, Vice President Harris was criticizing him on the in the debates uh, for allegedly racist activities um, and. Uh, She's now his vice president, so uh, you know. I mean, that's that's what you know. Ready for Ron is talking about, uh, you know. Let let the primary let the primary voters decide, um, and you know. I mean, there's, there's but there's we a had we had some raised. different
2: wrinkles there. Let's let's acknowledge that. I mean, when uh, Trump ran in 'o sixteen, he had going for him. What he you know <laughs> looks like would have going for him now if he if he had a multitude of challengers. Um, while he may not have the aggregate uh, GOP behind him in the primary, he had the largest core uh, support group. Um, and it's believed that that's what he would have going for him in 2024, should he be up against a multitude of nominees. However, it does appear, and it's very empirically verifiable in poll after poll, when you just put Trump against DeSantis, um, all of a sudden... Uh, those who would otherwise be split among other nominees or other would-be nominees coalesce around DeSantis more so they do than they do Trump. That's got to be of some comfort to you.
3: Well, it,
0: and, and it is. And, uh, and I think that people recognize uh, that you know, Governor DeSantis has real skill sets. I love him because he's a, he's a veteran. And as a veteran, he brings a lot of those same qualities that I respect and love in my fellow uh, brothers and sisters in arms. And, uh, and and i see him use those in his you know executive role as governor uh and and he's competent and he knows how to work it and he knows how to work around it and that's important and he also knows you know the limitations of what you, you know in your in your in your preview or when you, when, you, when you come out of the air you talk about you know first and second amendment rights and you know he he understands what is allowed for government to do, and what is not allowed for government to do, and, well, he does and, seem to and, be and resonating he, he, he with a lot exactly of folks people
2: he does seem to be resonating with a lot of folks people wouldn 't have expected uh, not long ago, um, actually I think it was just last month we were chatting about rapper Azalea banks uh, she 's about as edgy as they come, uh, and she said, "I had to get the, out of l a because I was afraid of for my life. I go to Florida i feel I feel safe and she praised right. DeSantis for his leadership she felt says she feels way safer. In Florida than she did in uh, in Los Angeles and she turned around and she, she also was quoted as saying um, every which way I turn there's a Black Lives Matter sign and then uh, we're watching swaths of Latino people die every day because they're considered essential workers she said in a wide-ranging interview with The Guardian published last week as also reported by The New York Post she went on to say I had to go because I can't do this either COVID was going to kill me or depression she also said that uh, she relocated to Miami in 2021, uh, weighed in on the potential 2024 GOP frontrunner, as she recalled, spending the pandemic in Los Angeles, quote, isolated and scared. She calls him practical uh, and uh, and just says that she likes what uh, he has done for the people in Florida. And, uh, you know, she thinks it's, uh, it's crazy for people to just, um, you know, blindly admonish this guy, when he's clearly accomplished so much, I mean, I mean, he won by three percent his first uh, gubernatorial race, and won close to well by by, by what almost twenty percent this recent go around. Yeah, and
0: a half percent. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He, he even won Miami-Dade County.
0: He's the first Republican to win Miami-Dade County in something like thirty years. Um, you know, and, and that's not just you know more snowbirds moving down from you know Minnesota and uh, Michigan uh that's people that did not vote for him the first time voting for him this time because they recognize his competence yeah, you well know, uh, about-
2: the newsmax people uh did a compilation of uh facts surrounding his success they talked about yeah his florida's number one in migration population growth it was at the it was the top state in the country for population growth through migration uh both foreign and domestic uh they talk about how the census bureau data shows the 220,000 Close to 221,000 people moved to Florida from other states, uh, as well as Washington, D.C. or Puerto Rico, making it the nation's top destination for domestic migration. The Sunshine State's population also added 38,590 migrants, uh, the most in the nations. uh, They said that they were drawn to DeSantis' estate because it's devoid of state income tax, enjoys Trump-like deregulation, and a less restrictive response to the COVID-19 pandemic, that's for sure. He uh, told everybody uh, from the federal government who wanted to impose their COVID protocols to pound sand. I'll tell you what, I want to cover this a little more in depth uh, upon a return. If you wouldn't mind, Captain, hang on the line. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stick with us.
4: You may have never heard of it, but C. difficile or C. diff infection is a highly contagious bacterial infection that the U.S. CDC declared a major public health threat, which results in an estimated half a million infections each year. C. diff infection takes hold in the gut microbiome and debilitating symptoms may include stomach pain, nausea, fever and severe diarrhea. If you get C. diff infection once, Dr. Dennis Durrell, executive director of Hospital Medicine, American Physician Partners, LLC, says there's a good chance it will come back.
5: Up to 35% of people who get a C. diff infection may get it again. This is called a recurrence. After that first recurrence, up to 65% may get C. diff again. Rebiota is the first and only FDA-approved microbiome-based treatment to prevent recurrent C. diff infection after you've taken antibiotics for recurrent C. diff infection. It's a single-dose treatment administered in minutes during one visit to your doctor's office.
4: Talk to your doctor to find out if Rebiota is right for you. To learn more, visit REBYOTA.com. Rebiota Fecal Microbiota Live JSLM is indicated for the prevention of recurrence of Clostridioides difficile C. diff infection in individuals 18 years of age and older following antibiotic treatment for recurrent C. diff infection. Limitation of Use Rebiota is not indicated for the treatment of C. diff infection. Important Safety Information You should not receive Rebiota if you have a history of a severe allergic reaction, e.g. anaphylaxis, to Rebiota or any of its components. You should report to your doctor any infection you think you may have acquired after administration. Rebiota may contain food allergens. Most common side effects may include stomach pain 8.9%, diarrhea 7.2%, bloating 3.9%, gas 3.3%, and nausea 3.3%. Rebiota has not been studied in patients below 18 years of age. Clinical studies did not determine if adults 65 years of age and older responded differently than younger adults. You are encouraged to report negative side effects of prescription drugs to FDA. Visit fda.gov forward slash MedWatch or call 1-800-332-1088. Please visit Rebiota.com for Full prescribing information.
0: Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking, but no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods? And you checked on me every once in a while. Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart.
6: Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the
5: Ad Council.
1: The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned, accessible homes and vehicles, and access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to yours, Alan Nathan, the Militant Moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Uh, who should the gov- – uh, you- a little <laughs> – easy for somebody else to say. Who should the Republicans nominate in 2024? Should it be former President Trump, who admittedly has had verifiable successes but seems to keep stepping on himself, or Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who seems to be able to step beyond his challenges as well as his challengers? While still fulfilling most promises to his constituents, we have assisting in the opining and analyzing on that uh, point. Over to the show, Captain Robert Carey, U.S. uh, Navy retired, fellow squid, uh, veteran who now serves as an advocate for the Ready for Ron Pack. It's uh, considered to be the only credible independent uh, group working to draft Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to run for president. I can't imagine he would not. Uh, Captain, good to have you back. Thanks for joining us today. Good to be here. Uh, I, I want to go ahead and look at these two, um, you know, square it off with one another. Now, look, Trump got to give him his due. Uh, I mean, I think the reason why he enjoyed such GOP support was because he had been able to accomplish so much that the GOP and Democrat establishments never could. And uh, they're both eating that. Uh, they hate eating that crow. So I'm going to give the guys his credit, OK, uh, because uh, both they and Biden, um, I think, uh, found uh, Trump's pre-COVID-19 achievements difficult to erase from our memories. Uh, First of all, he provided women with the lowest unemployment in decades at the time. He provided blacks with the lowest unemployment ever. He provided Hispanics with the lowest unemployment ever. Um, He successfully rewrote NAFTA with Canada and Mexico, while actually making it measurably more fair to us and our unions It was called uh, recalled uh, USMCA and finally got signed into law. He also got American companies to return here for their manufacturing needs as well as enticing foreign companies to invest here more than they had. And by the way, he also signed the right to try legislation. This is where uh, dying Americans uh, can now um, take experimental drugs when the dangers of their, let's say, their current illnesses are worse than the drug's potential side effects. Uh, People have always wanted something like that, and he he brought it about. He actually campaigned on the damn thing. And also prevailing where all his predecessors had failed, he signed the long-awaited criminal justice reform, also called the First Step Act. Uh, This thing passed the Senate 87 to 12 and in the House 360 to 59. Again, a promise on which he ran that helped uh, free so many minorities, which Bur- which Biden hurt with his own 1994 crime bill. And another thing I got a kick out of is, despite being excoriated by the left for supposedly alienating our NATO allies when he demanded they fulfill their promised 2% of GDP uh, for the alliance's defense, NATO Secretary General Jan Stoltenberg, I'll never forget this, repeatedly acknowledged that Trump's tough negotiation had paid off and that it resulted in NATO allies' actually committing another $100 billion to the organization's common defense. And, of course, let's also remember the guy brought about the Abraham records. This is when he brokered deals with the UAE and Israel as well as Bahrain and Israel uh, for normalizing peace treaties. Uh, he also brokered the Serbia-Kosovo agreement. I mean, he accomplished some things. But, I mean, DeSantis, though, at a time when, you know, the walk was on fire with pushing COVID controls, Again, as we talked about, he you know he he brought Florida's number one in migration and and kept Florida free and open while at the same time proving you could still reduce COVID and uh, and of course he signed sweeping uh, laws protecting voter integrity. People have been have been uh, gnashing at the teeth for that. Um, and also as Trump's been unloading on DeSantis, DeSantis has been has been quite the gentleman in really not responding very much. Or when he does, he does so with a tongue-in-cheek finesse. That, I think, is going to bode well for him in the months ahead, should he throw his hat in the ring. What say you?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a big believer in Reagan's 11th commandment. No, thou should not speak ill of a fellow Republican. Um, and, uh, and you know, President Trump did a lot of great things. He was president, and he did a lot of great things in the veteran space as well, really fundamentally transforming how VA health care is delivered and putting into law a, uh, final, a, 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 a final right to be able to go into the community when the VA can't see you uh, in time, which is great, but you know that law was passed. That law was called the Mission Act, and then Representative DeSantis was one of the original co-sponsors of it and one of the people that you know helped get it through. And then when he became governor, he took that and he went even further in his state level because the states run a lot of the veterans' healthcare, especially the long-term care. Right. And he, and, and he and he put into law in Florida. Those same protections for the state-run stuff as well. So you know the guy knows what he's talking about. You talk about a lot of these things that he did in order to be able to push back against COVID. The reason he was, he was successful at that is because he came with the science and he showed the science. He didn't just throw out some platitud,e you know. Oh, this is just you know uh, th- th- this is just attempt to you know shut down our, our economy. No, he came back with clear. Scientific evidence that called into question the efficacy of the COVID vaccine, the efficacy of keeping kids out of school, and the relative cost-benefit analysis of shutting down our economy and shutting down our schools.
2: And, and he was, and he a- was, he was vindicated so much. Just look at recent revelations reported on by NBC. Uh, not all that recent; I think it was about six months ago. But I, I resurrected it because I think people need to be reminded of it. But um, we now know and NBC reported on it, that natural immunity is even stronger than vaccine immunity, uh, despite the thought control department over at the CDC uh, putting out tickets to quash uh, dissent, even from the scientific community, as it related to that point, because they were pushing the fact that vaccine immunity was stronger than natural immunity. Now we know, uh, without a doubt, That is the other way around. Natural immunity. I mean, God, you know, if you have natural immunity, you've got what's called these high-performing ORF1 immunogenic epitopes that better protect you. An epitope is that part of the antigen that attracts the antibodies from our our immune system. And the more of them that are triggered, the more protection you have. And, of course, let's face it, uh, the the vaccine only has 5 to 10% of the virus's genetic code while if you recover from it naturally, you've got the whole panoply. And DeSantis knew this. Even Bill Maher used to compliment DeSantis as a guy who appreciated science uh, when he entered into these phrase. Um I think these things are going to stand strong, even in the face of a left-wing biased media. What say you?
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and that's why you don't see the left-wing media going after him about so many of these things. They're not going after him. About COVID, uh, about COVID restrictions. They're not going after him about his response to Hurricane Ian. I used to work disaster relief in the military. I worked it for eight years. His response was exceptional. You know, disaster responses are the quickest way for governors to kill their political career. He did amazingly. He put together those bridges of Sanibel Island far quicker than I've ever heard of even military people putting together bridges. Uh, And that's just someone that knows how to operate the leaders of government. And that's important.
2: Let me ask you something. If, hypothetically, a whole multitude of uh, people get in the race, and that advantage is Trump, and he got to be the nominee, and he chose DeSantis as his vice presidential uh, running mate, or he asked him to, do you think DeSantis would go along with it? Well, I think the
0: Constitution would preclude that. But... um because the Constitution says, uh, the 11th Amendment says you can't have two, uh, you can't have a presidential and a vice presidential candidate from the same state. So President Trump would probably have to move back to New York.
2: You know what? Thank you for reminding me of that. Oh my God, that's right. I think, I keep thinking of, her as, of him as Mr. New York. That's right. Mar-a-Lago, where the hell is my head? That's a very good point. So it couldn't happen. Oh well. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, Former Maryland Governor Hogan, uh, he's you know also been included in the polls, and he says, "Look, if my inclusion helps Trump, I'll pull out." I mean, and a number of people have referenced it that. I think a lot of folks want to coalesce around DeSantis and uh, yours truly is among them. Captain, great having you back, folks. You're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main
5: Street From Radio Network. ACP the Image Award nominated author, Elise Bryant, comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common. But after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve, and again on Valentine's Day, and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant.
4: This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way.
5: Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold.
7: The new Mayo Clinic diet has been named among the top diets by US News and World Report. Dr. Donald Hensrud, medical director of the Mayo Clinic Healthy Living Program, explains what makes their program so effective.
2: Our new Mayo Clinic diet, built by a team of doctors and medical experts, focuses less on counting calories and more on empowering users with the knowledge and ability to maintain a healthy weight.
7: Members get access to exclusive content and videos from real Mayo Clinic doctors, healthy recipes, tracking tools, and the popular Habit Optimizer that helps users substitute old unhealthy
2: habits with healthier ones, all through a mobile app. Instead of fad diets or crash diets that rarely work for very long, Our book and online program and app helps you adopt principles for a healthier way of life, which is really the secret to long-term success.
7: Curious to know how healthy your diet is? The Mayo Clinic has an easy three-minute quiz. Go to mayoclinicdiet.com to find out. A message from the Ad Council.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year is Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is The Oasis. For those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two dimensional approach, covering a number of things, you know, the WOKE's DEI stands for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. But its diversity segregates by race, while its equity allocates by race, and its inclusion elevates by race. With each really exposing a racism camouflaged as its own opposite. And now you got Biden calling for its injection in government through AI, artificial intelligence. I mean, this is this is a very troubling development. Also, uh, Fox News reports that uh, Dominion director of product. Actually, I should say, um, I, <laughs> pardon me. I should point out. Uh, Just the News reports that Dominion Director of Product Safety and Security Eric Coomer admits in a legal brief that before the 2020 election, his company's technology was marred by a quote-unquote critical bug leading to incorrect results. So you got to wonder, what is next following this rather underreported bombshell? And as I said, I got this from Just the News. Uh, the headline is, Key Dominion Exec admitted company products riddled with bugs days before 2020 vote, according to Fox lawyers. In 2018, emails cited by the defense and voting machine companies' defamation suit against Fox News, Dominion director of product safety and security acknowledged the company's technology was marred by a critical bug leading to incorrect results. Well, the erudite writer of that story is none other than Natalia Middlestadt, And uh, she's with us right now um i think we've had her before yes i'm sure we have had her before um anyway um she's a reporter with just the news and um so glad you could join us natalia uh, welcome aboard how are you today
3: of course thanks for having me on i'm
2: good how are you doing well doing well thank you um quite a piece here and quite a development i would think that such uh an admission would be just on fire with headlines around the globe but not much really. Not much at all. Why do you think that is?
3: Yeah, um well as we've seen, uh you know, obviously this is regarding the lawsuit that Dominion has filed against Fox News with regard to um what they had reported following the twenty twenty election about um their about Dominion's technology possibly, you know, being hacked and flipping votes and such. So, um, I think probably because of that lawsuit, people may be a little more hesitant to um you know, report on this, but um, but this is just straight from Fox News' legal brief. So this is information that Fox said it obtained through discovery um, during this lawsuit. And so um, this is just information that they said they got from Dominion that they are um, putting in their legal brief at this point.
2: Well, I guess it would make sense that Fox doesn't report much on this because the conflict of interest uh, alarm bells would be going off Uh but there's nothing wrong with them uh, sharing with the with the press that which is part of a legal brief. Now, in this legal brief, I mean this this guy is this is basically testimony under deposition. Yes,
3: uh, some of it is under deposition, and some of it is uh, prior emails and messages. So um, most of the stuff from uh, Eric Coomer he these are all like emails and stuff. Whereas the deposition came from a Dominion sales manager, Mark Beckstrand, and that was regarding. Um, the, basically other parties getting a hold of Dominion's equipment illicitly in the past, and he also testified that Dominion machine was hacked um, in Michigan. So um, wow. there are differences there. Yeah. So
2: he acknowledges a hacking going on that was actually part and parcel of a multitude of lawsuits that were rejected by the judges um, to whom the, the, those concerns were brought. Isn't that fair to remind folks about
3: yes yeah correct and dominion of course has claimed that um the issues were not found with um their voting machines they said that you know reports have found that um there was no fraud with regard to their machines well even though um, this
2: even though this might not be on fire in many uh, media outlet headlines because of Mm -hmm. what it actually involves It is still quite the bombshell. I mean, I say this as a former national television correspondent myself. I had the honor of working with the late great Pulitzer Prize winning Jack Anderson. I was one of his reporters on his show years ago, many years ago. Um, And this would coincide with what he always believed to be newsworthy. We know something eventful or not. And this is most assuredly eventful. Now, you write... In a 2018 email Fox News obtained from the Dominion Director of Product Safety and Security, Eric Coomer, spelled C-O-O-M-E-R, he acknowledged the company's technology was marred by a, quote-unquote, critical bug leading to incorrect results. And then um, you point out that he later added, it does not get much worse than that. You further write that in 2009, Coomer lamented that, quote, our products suck, unquote, adding that, quote, Almost all of Dominion's technological failings were due to our complete F-up in installation. Uh, Again, according to the defense brief, in another 2019 email, Coomer wrote, quote, we don't address our weaknesses effectively. And then you further add, less than a week before the 2020 presidential election, Coomer conceded in an email that, quote-unquote, our shh is just riddled with bugs. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Come on. This is a big deal. Could you imagine if these revelations came out at the time Trump was originally challenging the credibility of the election results? I ask you.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, this is information that would have likely bolstered his, um, you know, legal uh, pursuits at the time, trying to um, show that they're, you know, trying to show what Uh, irregularities happened in the election. And um, yeah, this would have definitely been useful information. And as you know, most of the lawsuits that he and others brought regarding the 2020 election didn't make it to the discovery phase. They were uh, thrown out based on standing. So um, they didn't even get to this point, I believe, that um, Fox has gotten with regard to getting this information from Dominion.
2: And the funny thing is, Dominion is bringing this attention upon themselves because Fox didn't ask for this court battle. Dominion brought it to them, and I guess they forgot that, you know, even if you're the plaintiff, once you're in court, all of a sudden the adjudication becomes a two-way street, does it not?
3: Correct. Yep. That is very true. And, you know, we have yet to see Dominion's response to this, um, but I'm sure they will um, say something uh, about that as well. Yep.
2: Now, folks, if you're just joining us, we're uh, chatting with none other than Natalia Middlestadt, a uh, reporter with Just the News. Uh, she's the one who had a recent piece on uh, Key Dominion exec-admitted company products riddled with bugs days, day, days before the 2020 vote, uh, according to Fox lawyers. Um, and, of course, they can't you know release that stuff unless it's absolutely true, because, boy, talk about lawsuits that would befall them if they disclosed anything that wasn't as they disclosed it. So even though, as I mentioned, this is not on fire with a lot of media outlets, it is on fire in the judiciary overall, is it not? It must be. I mean, this stuff is, I mean, this all of a sudden emboldens lawsuits that were once, um, you know, hesitant about going forward, as well as as now um, throwing cold water on many others who thought they had the upper hand. Where am I mistaken?
3: No, I believe so, yeah, because. Uh as you know, you mentioned this is evidence that we did not have before. Um and so this will definitely, you know, help if anybody's still, you know, looking there are still, you know, some lawsuits that people are trying to pursue with regard to the twenty twenty election. So um, you know, this would definitely help in the, that case. And, you know, after um you know, this whole lawsuit is about um, you know, Dominion saying that Fox News defamed them by, you know, claiming conspiracy theories about the technology. Um, but, you know, if this information is, you know, accurate as um, Fox News is um, reporting it from
2: there, even though it's and camera, even though it's yeah. a part and parcel of Fox News, this confirmed information can still be indeed picked up by other lawsuits uh, in the wings. Can it not? I mean, information, yeah. if it's empirically verifiable, it's empirically verifiable. Am I not correct?
3: Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, if this is out there in the open this is public, this is filed in the court, then sure. Yeah, this could definitely be used.
2: Now, we're talking about who would have standing. There's three points of criteria for what constitutes standing.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: they're based on a Supreme Court ruling from, uh, I think it's Lujan v. Defenders of Wildlife. Somebody will correct me. I think it was early 90s. But you, you got to have three things. One's injury in fact. Uh, that's a harm that's actual and imminent, you know, versus just being conjectural or hypothetical. And then you have to show causation. This is showing how the harm is actually traceable to the controversial conduct in focus. And then you have to have a likelihood of redress. This is where the plaintiff must identify Mm. the remedy that a court's ruling could offer. Well, with this far more palpable um, information from somebody who's in a position of knowledge and would know about what he speaks, I just can't help but to believe that so many folks who might not have thought they had standing do indeed have it now because, um, you know, causation and likelihood of address can definitely be shown, I mean, Injury, in fact, might still be a waffle point for some, but, uh, boy, the last two are are more solidified, or am I seeing too much into it? Your take.
3: No, yes, I believe that's correct. Um, And, you know, sometimes judges will interpret standing, I guess, in different ways based on how they see it, like we saw, for example, with um, Pennsylvania Supreme Court with uh, Donald Trump back in 2020, you know, before they're trying to bring lawsuits before the election, they were told they didn't have standing, and they were told they didn't have standing after the election either. So yeah, it depends, I guess, on the judge as well and how they look at that.
2: Wow, just so much, so much to consider, so much to consider. Uh, Natalia Middlestadt, uh, great having you on board. Thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure. Folks, you're listening to The Alan Nathan Show right here on the Main Street Radio Network. Stick with us. Oh, 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 oh,
1: In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager. JumpCloud's Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices and cloud-based options aren't ideal either. JumpCloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end-to-end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud-based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com.
8: Find out more at nsc.org slash CallSkill.
0: I'm Ben Affleck and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed
1: Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity.
6: I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune
1: system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something it's, it's just heavy, you know, it's, it's a heavy,
0: it's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them.
6: I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now.
0: We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude
2: that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A
0: dot org.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Every year Alan Nathan, the militant moderate. Once again, this is the Oasis for those who have an aversion to the left, right, black, white, two-dimensional approach. Absolutely delighted you could be with us, covering a number of things today. Uh, Why should the GOP... uh, nominate Trump again. Do you think he, they should? I mean, he's had his accomplishments. I've covered them here on the show, no doubt. And, and, and once again, he's had his verifiable successes. But the guy does seem to keep stepping on himself. Even when he was president, he would get something magnificently accomplished. And then he would say something imbecilic so that the following day, instead of the press covering what the guy accomplished, they got away with detouring the discussion onto self-indulgent roads of escapism by talking about whatever silly thing came out of his mouth didn't matter what he accomplished, Abraham Cords, First Step Act, so many things that are hardcore accomplishments, and and, and he obscured them all on his own. However, when you look at someone like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the guy has been able to step beyond his challenges as well as his challengers, and he does it while fulfilling most promises to his constituents. Also, uh, another topic we're covering here is the Wokes DEI. This really has been concerned. I mean, this stands for ostensibly diversity, equity, and inclusion. But, folks, the diversity segregates people by race, while its equity allocates by race and its inclusion elevates by race. And and each does so in a way that exposes a racism camouflaged as its own opposite. And you got Biden calling for I- I- its injection in government. Why is it? This is very, very dangerous. Now, DeSantis... Uh, he's come up with something different. He's you know, he's put in through public colleges, he's replacing uh, DEI uh, with uh, things like uh, colorblindness, equality, uh, merit, things of that nature. For more specifically, diversity has been replaced by equality. He replaces equity with merit, and he replaces inclusion with colorblindness. And it would seem that if we're really all about Equality. Uh, we don't need springboard relabeling for the purpose of accommodating other endeavors that have a definite hardcore authoritarian left wing bank. And that's exactly what we've been have go- having going on here lately. And wokeism has become the enemy. I mean, the woke, I think, will eventually be put to sleep because they have this inverted burden of proof structure that they apply in all arguments. And, and, and the approach is simply not sustainable. I mean, let's face it, there's a limit to how long folks can take seriously assertions endlessly predicated on what are merely just other assertions with really only shaming tactics used as their validation. I mean, most, I think, catch on to the difference between, let's say, a genuine premise and a and a woke pretext, if you will, pretending to be one. There is a difference. There's always been a difference between a genuine premise and a woke pretext pretending to be one. I mean, the left, think about it. The left's constant guilt tactic is to use, let's say, secondary measures of allegedly more important morals to supplant the primary more moral measure of our right to choose for ourselves that which we prefer. Isn't that the higher moral? The existing freedom to choose, we may land in different areas insofar as what moral we feel to be a more important one, but isn't the overarching greater morality our right to choose versus being intimidated not to? But that's what they do. That is their guilt tactic. they use these secondary measures of allegedly, you know, higher morals to take the place of the primary moral measure of our, our prerogative to choose for ourselves. That which we determine to be the best approach. And of course, by the less formula, manipulative authoritarians could always find a way to remove our free will. I mean, we were warned about this in Aesop's fables, were we not? Where he said, quote, A tyrant will always find a pretext for his tyranny. A tyrant will always find a pretext for his tyranny. I mean, Aesop was himself a, a slave, so he might have a passing familiarity with this. But it's really alarming what we have going on. Very, very alarming indeed. And I think folks, um, maybe I'm being overly sanguine about this, but I think folks are catching on. At least I hope they are. Oh, my God. We need it. We need it. Because uh, I'll tell you, identity politics as well, it's just... uh, Oh, that's the the kicker right there, identity politics. Identity politics is a... You you have this particular approach to argument that really is one that the left is using to guilt us out. That's all it is. They want to guilt us into submission. And I think one recent example is when they told us that, for instance, we should give up our gas stoves because... They claim that approximately 12.7% of children have supposedly contacted asthma from them. Uh, The assertion's based on a study from the unapologetically left-wing think tank energy organization known as the Rocky Mountain Institute, or RMI. But critics point out that the study clumsily ignored the findings of what was always recognized as the most comprehensive worldwide report on the issue to date. And that's from the International Study of Asthma and Allergies in Childhood, also known as ISAAC. Again, the International Study of Asthma and Allergies in Childhood. ISAAC. Now, their report was published in 2013, but to date it is still the most comprehensive one. It utilized data from over 512,000 kids out of 47 different countries. And that study concluded that there was, quote, no evidence of an association between the use of gas as a cooking fuel and either asthma symptoms or asthma diagnosis. Again, it concluded that there was, quote, unquote, no evidence of an association between the use of gas as a cooking fuel and either asthma symptoms or asthma diagnosis. Now, we have a problem here with big tech taking privileges that it's not supposed to. And it's doing so in a fashion that fuels these very kinds of maladies. And big tech is is something that uh, needs to lose its protections fast. It needs to lose them so fast. I mean, look what it did with shutting down discussions in COVID. It wasn't until recently that the mainstream media started acknowledging, as we saw on NBC News, that natural immunity offers greater protection than vaccines. Hell, that's an NBC headline. I'm reading it right here. Natural immunity offers greater COVID protection than vaccines. Study five. What was the study? Oh, just from the New England Journal of Medicine. They go on to write, it's something that's been up for discussion since the start of the pandemic. What provides greater protection from COVID? A study published in the New England Journal of Medicine shared findings that supported natural immunity, providing greater protection from COVID infection than multiple vaccinations. But big tech was censoring us courtesy of the government.
0: The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.